0: Over.
1: Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley.
0: It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury!
3: You know, if Aaron Rodgers seeks answers, we know what he does. He goes into a three-day darkness retreat where the four-time MVP reports sources telling him that he, quote, found all the answers are right inside me And I touched many of them, end quote. Now, if we want answers, Ron Wolfley, we just come right here to the Big Red Rage, the original Thursday Night Football, brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, and we're going to get all the answers we need. Paul Calvici, Ron Wolfley, and shortly, straight ahead, we're going to meet up with Darren Urban. We're going out to the Combine, and we'll get a report from D. Herb about what exactly is going on, because as you know, Wolf, Welcome to day one of the on-field workouts. Welcome to the Big Red Rage.
0: Here it comes, Paulie, the Big Red Rage. Are you jacked up, Paul?
3: (laughs) I am, actually, for the combine. (laughs) If the Cardinals weren't picking number three overall, then okay. You know what? Maybe uh, I'd be like, all right, but number three overall? Think of everything that could happen. Think of the picks the Cardinals might have at their disposal. Think of the trade offers that might be coming right up until they're on the clock. So much can
0: happen between now yep. and then. You know what, Paulie? It, for me, though, I, I think when I think of the Combine right now, I think of Monte Austin Fort. I kid you not. The reason why I say that is because, Paul, has Monte Austin Fort been a general manager before? Nope. I asked rhetorically. <laughs> no, of course not. He is not. Now, all of a sudden, he's joined a very exclusive club, a club of 32, 32 general managers, basically, that are walking around Indianapolis right now and pretty much can tell anybody to pick that up. You know what yes. I mean, and, You know, for me, I'm, I'm thinking of Monty, his first time at the Combine as a general manager must be a pretty cool feeling.
3: In fact, speaking of the combine, here is the Cardinals' new GM speaking to the media and talking about the benefits for a personnel man like himself.
4: The most important thing that we get out of this week is the medical evaluations, is the players being here and, and having our doctors and having our trainers, getting a chance to examine the players and just finding out where they are physically. And really the second most important thing that I get out of this is the face-to-face time when we interview with the players, um, both in the, in the formal settings and the informal meetings that our coaches are doing. Uh, those have been Those have been great. And then we'll get into the workouts as well. Those are important, but I'd, I'd put the medical and the interviews up above the, uh, the on-field workouts.
0: He's such a GM, Paul. <laughs> He's such a general manager. I, listen, um, scouts and general managers, they think on the strategic level, Paul being the what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And because it's what we're going to do, he wants to know what those medical evaluations say about those players. Where a coach, Paul, who actually works with the guy on a tactical level, which is how we're going to do it, works with him on a daily basis where a coach works with that player, he wants to know, man, that interview, I want to find out if you're a jerk or not. Those are, they value the interview more, coaches, and of course, front office personnel, they value those medical evaluations a whole lot more.
3: And I get it. I I do from where he's sitting. But here's what else I also enjoy because he went in a little more in depth with Darren Urban. And you can go to azcardinals.com and read his preview of the combine. He said essentially the same thing we just heard. But then to Darren, he added, and I quote, the on-field work, the testing, it's another piece of information, but I wouldn't say it's a driver of anything on how we make our decisions on a certain player. Love it. Absolutely, because how many times do you get the error based on the measurables, based on the 40, based on you know the three-cone, based on how he looks and moves? The only question, ultimately can this guy play? And that's where you go to the film. And to me, that's music to my ears. When I hear Monty Austin Ford say, "Okay, it's another piece of information we put on the card, but it's not going to dictate who we're going to make a draft selection on, all this information coming out of the combine.
0: Yeah, so much of the time a coach will look at a player on the field, Paulie, and watch him play, especially on tape, and say, man, I love this guy. Are you kidding me? I love this guy. Look at the way this guy is playing right now. I love what I see on tape. And that's why a coach, I just want to harp on this a little bit, Paulie. That's why a a coach will look at the tape and then want to have a face-to-face conversation with that guy just to see if he could work on him, just to see if he can coach this guy where Monty's looking at the what. Once again, he's looking at the, is this guy healthy? Because I don't want to draft a guy that has an injury issue. I don't want to draft a guy that could be injury prone. I don't want to do this. That, that, to me, it just separates. It has been a battle between the front office and coaches for millennia, <laughs> for, for time immemorial in the game of football where it's been a battle between those that pick players and those that work with players. Big difference. And
3: Monty has talked about how they need to come to an understanding between the front office and the coaching staff yep. as to what exactly – a Cardinal looks like in terms of a draft pick. Not only schematically how they fit, but in terms of what attributes they want, what they're going to stress, and then that philosophy. Look, we heard Michael Bidwell earlier say, you know what, our former system of best player available. So there's going to be other elements of how they rate and draft players going forward, especially starting next year. What's interesting is Mel Kuyper's 2.0 mock draft came out, and it's not a stretch to think that quarterbacks will go 1-2. If it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, which would leave every other position player on the board. So then the question becomes, all right, would the Cardinals, for example, take a Will Anderson? And we'll hear from him a little bit later here in this edition to the Big Red Rage. Or would there be another quarterback who makes a run up there? You know, whether it's an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis. Either way, here's what Monty Asif told the media when he was asked about the possibility of the Cardinals trading out at number 3
4: it's a position that i hope that we're not in too many more years you know it presents an opportunity that there's going to be a good player there for us to take at number 3 and so we'll be prepared to to pick a player at number 3 our phones will be open and and i'm open to hearing every, any conversation about anybody that's willing to willing to come up
3: i mean wolf if you know anthony richardson just kills it on saturday he's just an absolute freak and all the quarterback drills, a team that's really in need of a quarterback, like in Indianapolis, if they're still on the board and they're fearing they're not going to get a quarterback like a Will Levis, then boom, I could easily see the Cardinals trading down out of that spot.
0: No, you're right about that, Paulie. Can I also say I I see a scenario that unfortunately for the Arizona Cardinals is much more likely, and I think that scenario deals with the Chicago Bears saying, you know what, Will Anderson, we're not going to get much better coming off the edge than Will Anderson right now. What if the Chicago Bears were to draft Will Anderson, number one? Well, that does put the Arizona Cardinals in the catbird seat for a quarterback because you you have to think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Bryce Young, those two guys, Paul, They're going to go probably one or two or two or three, somewhere in there. And then you don't have to have a guy like Will Levis. You don't have to have a guy have a great combine and suddenly somebody falls in love with him and wants to move up to number three. I think if you're hoping the Arizona Cardinals trade back and collect a bevy of draft picks, hope that the Chicago Bears draft Will Anderson number one and then... There you sit in the catbird seat. The Texans will take a quarterback at number two, and then there's pick number three, and you can expect a boatload for that pick.
3: Yeah, if Trayvon Walker can come up the board and go number one to Jacksonville last year, then Will Anderson can certainly go number one to the Bears. I'm with you, (laughs) And, and to some degree, I fear that. But on the other hand, if that that is the case, you're right. The Cardinals might be able to cash in number three to a quarterback needy team. If if Zach Wilson can go number two, if the Niners can trade three first-round picks to take Trey Lance at number three, what could the Cardinals possibly get? Very good point. Hey, episode 56 of the Day Pash Podcast is out. It's a can't miss. It's with the owner, Michael Bidwell. A lot of news and notes and anecdotes in there. Just go to Twitter via at PashPod, wherever your podcast. We continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Everybody talks about Will Anderson. Yes, he's talented, but it's about the effort that he gives. It turns into a supernova. Well,
2: Will Anderson doing it? damage. It. Anderson. It was a simple foot race, and Will Anderson with the sack for Alabama. Well, we talked about, do you double him, do you chip him? Well, sure as heck, there's one thing you can't do, is just leave him one-on-one, swarmed under by Will Anderson. The best pass rusher we've seen in college football in a long time. Quarterback will keep it, and it's taken down. Will Anderson Jr. lying in wait. It is intercepted! This is Will Anderson Jr. touchdown!
3: The two-time SEC Defensive Player of the Year. The two-time All-American. The winner of the Nagurski Trophy, the Chuck Bednarik Award, the Lombardi Award, and the Lott Impact Trophy. A guy who might have been the number one pick a year ago when he led college football with 17 and a half sacks and 34 and a half tackles for loss. All while starring for Alabama, playing in the nation's best college football conference, and along the way, Wolf, his teammates nicknamed him the Terminator. So there's a lot to like about Will Anderson here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. We will hear from Will Anderson momentarily. Give us a few thoughts uh, if he indeed is the guy at number three.
0: Yeah, Paulie, I, I, I love this kid. I'm in the danger zone on Will Anderson right now because at 6'4", 245 pounds, somewhere in there, and a guy who's got a very, very good burst and has an even better motor. The only thing that is – is is greater than his talent is the person that that Will Anderson is and the way that he loves the game of football. And you know what that does to me because you have to love this game to be great at it.
3: Well, I know there's one aspect you like, his mindset, in addition to his film. In fact, we got a glimpse of that. Uh, a lot of us heard him for the first time this week at the combine here's will anderson on being self-motivated
5: nothing has to motivate me to get ready to go play a football game it's already in me that's how much i love the game you know the biggest thing for me is jumping up and down with my brothers celebrating making plays that's what football is all about and that's why i love it because you get to make those memories with those guys in the locker room and um long-lasting relationships with those guys and that's why i love the game so much
3: i read all his accolades right a guy like that, a young guy, well, if you've seen it firsthand, guys can get a massive ego, maybe even you know, get a little lackadaisical, right? He told the media, you know who keeps him grounded? His mom. Yeah. And, and, and he has five older sisters who yeah. help out as well. And uh, you heard him right there. Nothing has to motivate him, according to Will Anderson.
0: Paul, that's, that's a guy who loves the game that is a guy who loves the game that when nothing else has to motivate you to go out and play the game of football a ferocious game a physical game when you never have to have another man scream in your face <laughs> to get you ready to go or to slap you in the face like they used to do in the old days right there to get you all fired up get john ready randall to play. john randall get yeah. you ready to play right there guess what He doesn't need that. Will Anderson loves the game of football. And, Paul, those are guys that you want to bring into the locker room. Those are dogs, guys that don't understand, guys that need to be motivated from external forces. You've heard me talk about this, Paul, for years. You want internally motivated dudes, and Will Anderson is an internally motivated guy. doesn't need anyone else to tell him what to do or how to do it. Well, our
3: Jim O'Mahundra went through Will Anderson's press conference with the media at the Combine, and and here was one question that stood out, the moment where he embraced football.
5: Football, like, it really didn't clear for me at first. Like, I was just, like, out there, but it kind of started my sophomore year of um, high school. I had a new coach, Coach Clifford Fed, and honestly, like, one day he had made me cry in the weight room because I couldn't lift the weight, and he's like, go down to the last rack. And then after that, like, my whole mentality, my whole mindset for the game, my passion for the game changed, and I started loving it. I started embracing that challenge. I started embracing him getting on me. And it got to the point where we had spring break, winter break. I'm like, Coach, I want extra work. Like, come on. Like, I don't want to be doing what everybody else is doing. Can you come meet me up at the high school? And it started getting to the point where I'm challenging him at practice. Like, we going to let practice go by like that? Like, no pass today and stuff like that? And that's when I started embracing the game and loving the game and having passion for it.
3: Wow. Uh, you got to let it just hang. Just let that that resonate. <laughs> There's, there's an ESPN story where an executive for an NFC team, uh, this person is anonymous, but here was the quote from one of the executives in the NFL, quote, Will Anderson is way more likely to succeed in the NFL than any of these quarterbacks in the draft, and it's not even close, end quote. <laughs> So I think when we all hear that, you just hope and pray that the need for a quarterback at one and two leaves Will Anderson on the board at three.
0: Yeah, Paulie, I'm going to be okay with that. <laughs> I am going to be okay if, in fact, the quarterbacks get taken number one and two, and there's Will Anderson at number three. Now, now again, I don't think it's a slam dunk yet that he's going to be number three. A lot of this depends on Jalen Carter and what is going to happen with Jalen Carter, of course, but... Will Anderson is such a rare talent when you've got that kind of ability, that kind of talent, and yet you have the toughness that he has and the love of the game that he has. You know what happened to Will Anderson and what he just said, Paulie, about that strength coach? That was hard coaching right there. That was hard coaching. That was a frying pan to the face, metaphorically speaking. It was hard coaching, and that is something that, to me, is a warm blanket on a cold winter's night.
3: And it's something that isn't always embraced in today's game of football. No. We all know that. So, And look, Alabama is highly competitive. A lot of their practices are a lot more competitive than some of the games they play, and Will Anderson was asked about that.
5: Being in Alabama made me very versatile, dropping in coverage, you know, playing a four five technique, six technique, seven, all that type of stuff, um, helping me, you know, learn pass rush moves, run. So when I dissect myself, I see myself as a very versatile player that can do just about anything, but that's thanks to coach Saban, you know, he trusted me a lot. He's seen a lot in me. He's seen the potential, and it helped me um, mold the player I am today. So when I look back at myself, I was just like, Alabama made me a very versatile player.
3: You know, it kind of reminds me of Chandler Jones coming out of Syracuse as a round one pick initially with New England. They used him a lot inside, even Chandler Jones. Now, he was heavier, obviously, than a Will Anderson, but Will Anderson. According to him, he played quite a bit interior D-line at times. And, and the way he tells it, he was blown up guards and centers sometimes <laughs> when they put him
0: over the nose. Yeah, it's so funny, too, just listening to that answer right there, because I thought of two things. Number one, always invoke the name of Nick Saban. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Always do that. Remind people, once again, that are out there that are going to be drafting or, or have the ability to draft you, that Nick Saban was the guy that really <laughs> coached you, even though Nick was the head guy, and you were just an edge guy, and yes, he coached you, but boy, he really spent a lot of time with you. Remind people that Nick Saban was your head coach, and of course you may want to talk about Nick Bosa being the guy you really tailor your game after. And I believe he also said that in the Combine earlier today, so it's going to be interesting. Will Anderson, I think maybe he goes number one overall, but if not, the Arizona Cardinals, I think, are going to have a shot at him at number three. Mel
3: Kuyper this week, among other things, wrote in his scouting report, Will Anderson doesn't take plays off. I'm like, that's enough. That's enough for me. Just stop right there. And then talks about how his versatility, how Willie plays the run. On the other hand, I heard Daniel Jeremiah say today on NFL Network that he projects five of the top 19 players in this draft are edge rushers. It is deep. So you could have, you know, a, a Tyree Wilson, for example, out of Texas Tech. Let's just say the Cardinals trade down to number four with Indianapolis, number nine with Carolina. There's a chance that a Tyree Wilson might be there, that maybe one of those Clemson edge rushers might be there. And if you're getting picks, if you're getting volume and, and quantity, to what degree does it replace quantity? and how do you weigh the two?
0: yeah no that is it always comes down to that Polly. it really does um i don't know they have a chart that much i do know i don't know exactly what they would be offered for that number three pick it depends of course how much the arizona cardinals would be moving down i i this is me selfishly i hope they don't trade out of the top 10 i, I hope they don't do that but You know, again, as I say that immediately, it always comes back to what is being offered. (laughs) how how much is somebody willing to give you to move up to that number three spot right there I, i i think the arizona cardinals are sitting in a very good place right now but we'll have to wait and see how everything transpires
3: and look this is just me but indianapolis is sitting there at number four they have a dire need for a quarterback they've drafted only two quarterbacks in round one since 98 that would be obviously be Peyton manning and andrew luck you got carolina at number nine what are they doing for quarterback The Raiders in number seven. Yes. You know, even even the Jets are so desperate if they don't end up with Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr, they're sitting there at number thirteen. The Buccaneers in number nineteen. Now that's a long way to go. They would have to pay a lot. Washington at sixteen. Are they really sticking with Sam Howell? So, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, a lot of teams that have a serious need at the most important position on the field.
0: Yeah, Paulie, and because of that right there, you mentioned the Indianapolis Colts. Paul, I, I could honestly see the Colts getting so desperate, falling in love with C.J. Stroud or or Bryce Young to a point where they could move up to number one. I I could see that because they know – If, in fact, the Bears draft a player, if they draft a player, they're not going to take a quarterback. If they draft that player, man, the Colts are going to be sitting there thinking somebody's going to move up to number three. Somebody is going to do that, move up to three, because they know we want a quarterback at number four. They'll be sitting on the outside looking in.
3: In fact, Mel Kuyper, that's his scenario this week in his 2.0 is that the first two spots are traded out. That Houston actually goes up to number one. They want Bryce Young so much. And then Indy gets freaked out. They trade up to number two to grab C.J. Stroud, which in that case, the Cardinals would be sitting there at number three. And Will Anderson would be available. His 27.5 sacks and 54 tackles for loss over the past two seasons. Sold. Yeah, exactly.
0: I'll take that yep, scenario, yep, Paul.
3: Yep. Or if. There but are, then
0: again, here it comes, uh, yep. right? <laughs> the 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 truck, the draft capital truck, would back up, Paul, and then dump on it at number 3.
3: And once again, we're going to get a lot of these answers, I think, on Saturday nights. If somebody goes out there and they absolutely crush these combine drills and you just watch, just watch these guys fly up the charts. If indeed it's a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson, you see it every year and teams start to salivate over that quarterback. And, and they're willing to to make that investment and and go all in so so we'll see we'll see and, and yeah. I know the Cardinals at that point um you know could be the beneficiary whether indeed two quarterbacks are taken ahead of them they get Will Anderson or someone so desperate at QB is sitting there at number three and they're able to cash that in
0: I just want to say with the top two quarterbacks right now as it stands C.J. Stroud and uh, Bryce Young those two guys C.J. Stroud is about the outside Bryce Young is about the inside and yet they're both coveted. Interesting. By the way, a quick pro tip to uh, Bryce Young:
3: Don't walk into the combine with all the cameras following you. Your arrival video and you're walking next to a guy who's six foot seven. <laughs> Take it from someone who's under six foot tall. You don't want to do that. That's not the greatest look. Not a f- good look Paul. for you. Hey, join the season ticket priority list. Select your seats before the general public. 2023 opponents include the Seahawks, Niners, and Rams. Obviously, plus. The Giants, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Falcons, and Bengals. Yeah, azcardinals.com slash priority list. Darren Urban from the Combine next on the Big Red Rage.
0: What's so funny? A-Dub just came up behind you I yeah. just gave the beast mode. Oh, baby, got me all jacked up. That mother's ready to go right there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I mean, I, I feel you, bro. Yeah, A-Dub's over there. A-Dub's just <laughs> ranting, going off at the booth next to us. How awesome is that? Dude's a scout, and he's feeling it. The blood is on the boil here tonight.
2: His sport jacket fits like a glove. That thing probably costs more than your car. And he's about to rip that thing in half, though, if he goes Hulk mode on you. And then he sits down with and, and eats popcorn.
3: So the word flex has uh, many meanings these days. Uh, It's what the kids use to say, you know, bragging, right? But Adrian Wilson was literally flexing at that moment, Ron Wolfley?
0: Yes, he was doing the crab, (laughs) as
3: I recall. I see. Adrian Wilson. Okay, there you go. He was game ready. Uh, Adrian Wilson. Uh, One of the many characters and names at the 2023 Combine. We're going to flex here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and now senior writer of azcardinals.com, Darren Urban, who might have spotted Adrian Wilson, the new Carolina VP of Player Personnel, by the way, and the Cardinals Ring of Honor member. So, Darren, giving everyone up to date on the news. Welcome from Indy, and have you run into A-Dub in your travels?
4: Uh, yeah, I actually, it was funny, uh, today we were eating lunch, a few of us at the Steak and Shake, and saw him go past us, uh, outside walking on the sidewalk, didn't have a chance to say anything, because we were inside, but then later, um, a handful of us were walking to the hotel, and he was walking towards the stadium, and I got a chance to dap him up a little bit, and, and just say congrats again, uh, and I had texted him a little bit the night the news broke that he was going to Carolina, which was the first night, uh, we were here. It was funny because I happened to be eating dinner with a uh, a couple of Carolina Panthers people that I know, and uh, and Ian Rapoport, who is the guy who broke the news, actually was eating dinner in the same place. We had walked past them about 10 minutes previous, and said, <laughs> I sat down, and then all of a sudden he's tweeting out that Adrian Wilson was uh, joining the Panthers. So that I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: Derb, on that note, right there, has the front office is it solidified now? Kind of like the coaching staff has been solidified, is the front office solidified now under Monty Um I,
4: I think, for the most part, I think probably. Um, you know, Wolf. Well, one of those, one of the things that comes with the front office and scouts and stuff is sometimes you get you get through draft the draft before those are actually. Finalize those kinds of things because you don't want to change too much. Uh, you know, Adrian Wilson did have time left on his contract, and uh, but he had this opportunity to come up with the Panthers. Uh, as he noted in his goodbye uh, note on Twitter, Adrian said that uh, Monte Osport wanted him to stick around, but he wanted to have this chance to go do th- this other opportunity. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense for Adrian uh, because yeah. – um, he was kind of stuck where after Monty got hired here. Um, but in terms of how the, the, the front office is for the Cardinals now, I mean, I don't know if we know exactly what everybody's titles will be exactly. Um, but you've got your assistant GM and Dave Sears. You've got Monty Austin Ford. I think you've got some other key people in the front office Josh Goby and Andrew Grigson uh, that are going to, you know, remain and be a part of it. Quentin Harris is still here. So I, I do think for the most part that's, that's settled down to a certain extent, but I kind of want to see where it is after the draft.
3: And, of course, Adrian Wilson grew up in the Carolinas. He played in North Carolina State, so in a lot of ways. He's going home. When he flew out to Indy, by the way, sources telling me he was in a middle seat on a southwest flight. So it was good. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Little little humble pie for Adrian Wilson, the all time great. Uh it's good for him
4: to get the humble on. As hey, Paulie, he, yeah. he
0: ruined somebody's flight, I That's guarantee you that much. Don't he make me no, no, I
4: I will clarify this, guys. He did have a middle seat, but he was sitting between Chris Melvin and Matt Carciolo, two guys that he's just been working with for a number of years. So I don't think it was that bad for anybody involved. And I think, I can't confirm this, but there's a possibility that Chris Melvin, who had been sitting in the window seat, got up to use the restroom and Adrian stole the window seat for the rest of the flight.
3: <laughs> you know what? You know what? That would make sense. I, you know, we did the show, this very show. He was a player host for this show. So that would fit with his scouting report, Adrian Wilson. There's no doubt about it. Before we get into other Cardinal scouting reports and some of the big names they're going to have their eye on, like, oh, I don't know, Will Anderson, who was working out this evening. Tell us about some of the the off-the-field stuff, in particular Jalen Carter, who has been linked to the Cardinals, has been even installed as a number 1 pick by a lot of the mock drafts, but give us the quick update on that, because he was booked and released from the county police back in Athens, Georgia, on two misdemeanor counts of racing and reckless driving in connection to the fatal crash on January 15th, but he returned today, did he not, Darren, to complete all the interviews and the measurements?
4: Yeah, he he came back. I don't know how much he was going to, I don't think he was going to work out in the first place. Um, Correct. gotten here, he had interviewed with some teams, uh, and then the news came down that the arrest warrant was out. He flew back to Georgia to, to go through that. Uh, from The reporting is that these charges are misdemeanors, uh, so he went through the process there and then flew back to Indiana, uh, Indiana so that whatever interviews he had left and the measurements he needed, he could get those done. And, and it's, I, it's it's going to be a fascinating thing. What this means for Jalen Carter? Um, is this a one-off? Obviously, we don't know as much as others uh, how much or what Jalen Carter is like as a person. Obviously, this isn't a great look. Um, and he came out and he said he'll be vindicated, and it, it's not as, he, he? It's not what people are saying happened. Happened. So we'll we'll see where that goes. But yeah, he was he was in the discussion. For the number one overall pick, there's a lot of people saying, well, maybe the Cardinals take him at third overall. And now you've got to wonder a little bit about where he might end up, where he might slip to because of all this.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, Derb. To me, it's the veracity and the validity of his comments and his denial that I think a lot of people are going to look at and determining what kind of facts are out there that dispute what he said I think that ultimately is going to decide if this impacts his draft status. What do you think on that?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, obviously how clean he came with teams I think makes a big difference. But, uh, again, we're going to have to kind of see where how teams kind of evaluate him anyways. You know, if this is a, a one-off type of thing when people looked into his background, and because the, the thing is, Wolf, we don't know how people saw him or what kind of reports people had on him as as a as a person
0: yeah. before
4: this, and and that's the thing is like all we hear. Steve Keim used to say it. Monty Board has already said it a few times to me. It, it's it's you, you miss on the person more than the player. Uh, I, I think people mostly know that Jalen Carter is an immensely talented football player. But if you get the wrong person, then what, what do you – you don't want to end up with Robert Camdicci, you know? That's right. kind of what the thing is.
3: Yeah, that's where the Cardinals struck out. They obviously hit home runs with a Darnell Dockett, a Tyron Matthew, who had questions off the field. going. But those were third-round picks. So we'll see. I fully expect Jalen Carter to be on the board in number 3, not just because of this, but I think quarterbacks are going 1-2, and then the Cardinals will have their pick. Of uh, Will Anderson, for example, and, and again, he's been getting a lot of accolades. You were at his press conference front and center, Darren, so tell us some of your big takeaways on the Alabama pass rusher.
4: Well, I mean, I, I really liked i, I, I liked the interaction. Now, with uh, full disclosure, I've been coming to the Combine for more than 20 years. I remember I really liked Wendell Bryant's press conference, too, and that <laughs> blew up. But, um, gotcha. <laughs> uh, I, I, I liked the things Will Anderson had to say about loving the game. I loved what he had to say about uh, being humble um, and, and fitting into whatever culture he goes into. And obviously he's tremendously productive on the field. So there, there's just a lot that you can like about a Will Anderson, especially when you're talking about the Cardinals who could use some kind of dynamic guy off the edge like that. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I personally think the same thing as Wolf, I think those first two picks are going to end up being quarterbacks. I do think the Bears are going to trade out of their pick, and obviously the Texans are going to take a quarterback. So the question then becomes what quarterbacks are left at three, who might want to come up to three, and what the Cardinals might be handed in terms of potential trades versus – let's say, taking a Will Anderson.
3: And, and, Wolf, Darren has a great story, and Will Anderson on com Right now everyone can read about one of those quotes I know probably stood out to you. When Will Anderson says, quote, nothing has to motivate me to get ready to play a football game. Oh. It's always in me. That's how much I love the game. I'm guessing you love that mindset.
0: You know what, Pauly, honestly, Will, can I hug you right now? <laughs> Come over here. <laughs> Give me a hug because I really need to – listen, this is – this is exactly how you want your football players to think. It is. And, guys, once again, I, I totally understand what Derb is saying. Yes, you know what, you can you can listen to a guy, get interviewed, listen to his answers, and, man, it really makes you love the guy. But – tape is always what you have to back it up with and that's where I think Will Anderson shines guys I'm sorry it's the tape and if ever there was going to be a head coach that was going to look at a guy an edge guy like Will Anderson and say man I really really value that I think Jonathan Gannon might be that guy JG might be that guy because one of the things he did with the Philadelphia Eagles a lot is rush four he rushed four and he dropped seven now I'm not saying he didn't bring five from time to time i'm not saying he didn't blitz but a lot of the stuff that the eagles did is rush four, drop seven into coverage and if you're going to do that you better have a guy coming off the edge that is special and i think will anderson is special hey darren urban is our guest here
3: in the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert at the combine been going there for almost two decades or so darren and i know you were there, when Monty Austin, for the Cardinals' new GM, met the media, some of the bullet points he confirmed: they want to keep Zach Allen and Byron Murphy; they're two big pending free agents. No decision yet on Isaiah Simmons' fifth-year option. They have until May. Still undecided on the future of D. Hop. They've had meetings, and then open for business to trading the number three pick overall. Just pick it up from there. And what do you think? Do you think that there'll be such a run on quarterbacks that someone might indeed make the Cardinals an offer they can't refuse?
4: I mean, I think it's possible. uh, Absolutely. And and what's going to be interesting is this. If you're the Bears and you end up staying at one and deciding Will Anderson is that guy, and then the Texans take a quarterback, then then there's definitely going to be open for business for a couple things. One, I think if Will Anderson's off the board, I don't see a big reason for the Cardinals to want to stay there. And if that plays out that way anyways, um, there's going to be a quarterback that somebody's going to want to come up and get. So do I think there's a good chance that they're going to get offers on that number three pick no matter how it plays out? Yes. My, My big question then is if Will Anderson is there at three, is it big enough for you to pass on that? Because you will, in all likelihood, be passing on that um, if you trade down from three uh, and he's still on the board. Um, is it big enough to want to do that? So uh, I think they're going to listen. I think they need a lot of stuff. Once once the comp picks come out, the Cardinals are going to end up with eight draft picks, in all likelihood. Could they use a couple more? Sure they could. And if you're trading <laughs> down, down from number three, depending on where you go, you could get another or two, in addition to flip-flopping first-rounders, so uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of possibility there for that happening, um, but it's one of those things that we're literally probably not going to know anything until that clock is already running that first night of the draft.
3: All right. One of the big questions left: Bryce Young. What's he going to weigh in at? What's he going to measure at in terms of his height? Right. And and maybe that's our, our transition to the shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's. Have you gone out (laughs) have you had dinner yet at at the Marquee place there in Indy?
4: We we did. We had it uh, on Wednesday night. The the Cardinals group here that I'm with from uh, Digital went there and uh, had some shrimp, had a big steak, and it it was awesome as usual.
3: (sighs) Here's the other thing that's crazy. The low in Indianapolis last night was 40. The low in the (laughs) Valley last night was 35. (laughs) Oh, come on. So what's going on with that? Oh my
0: it's
4: goodness. been yeah. it's been crazy nice during the day. I'll say that no jackets needed.
3: We continue with the big
2: red rage.
4: Shotgun snap, Lawrence
2: three-step drop, open in the pocket, fires across the middle. It's intercepted. It was deflected and picked off by Byron Murphy. Lawrence takes, turns, gives to Hyde. It's a flea flicker, pitching it back to Lawrence. He's in trouble. Jump ball pass, picked off near side by Murphy at the 30, running it back to the left of the 20, 10, 5, touchdown. Byron Murphy, after a horrible mistake by the rookie, with a pick six, and the Cardinals are back in front, 23 to 19.
0: Byron Murphy was all over that. That's a great read by a young guy coming of age.
3: Tell you what, Byron Murphy, big name for the Arizona Cardinals, big position, and we know the big talent in Byron Murphy. Might they get a steal in free agency just because of the way last season went and it wasn't a complete season, and maybe just maybe in terms of this season – it might benefit the Cardinals. We'll see because it seems if you put your finger to the free agency win, um, it's two different directions, Zach Allen and Byron Murphy, and those are the two big names for the Arizona Cardinals. It is the big red rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Special thanks again, Darren Urban on the front lines there in Indianapolis at the 2023 Combine. We briefly talked about Zach Allen and Byron Murphy. You tell us, Wolf, what do you think the future holds for the young cornerback, Byron Murphy, and, and and what are the odds the Cardinals are able to keep him in the fold?
0: Yeah, boy, you know what, Paulie, that's a great question right there, because obviously with Byron Murphy, it's all about his back, and the Arizona Cardinals know exactly what the issue was last year and what kind of projection they've got for Byron Murphy going forward. So I think a lot of that is going to determine as to whether or not the Cardinals make a serious run at Byron Murphy. I think Zach Allen is a guy, Michael Bidwell as well has already talked about this. I think Zach Allen is a guy they may actually target in free agency. Paulie, I, I think I think more than anything else, this is a very, very specific free agent class that Monty Austin Fords and the Arizona Cardinals are going to try to go after, and when I say that, I don't think I—I I don't see—and you tell me if I'm wrong here, Paulie. But I don't see them going after any type of big-name players. I really do not. I see them focusing on pros. Guys that have been around, especially in particular on the offensive line and the defensive line. Guys that may not be going to the Pro Bowl, but they certainly are not going to get you beat on Sunday. I think they're going to really value those types of guys. Can I give you a couple of names, Paul? Let them rip. That I think um, they would focus on Calvin Beecham. Can I say Calvin Beecham? Start right there. That, that is a, is the type of guy that I'm talking about, a guy that is a great locker room leader, a guy that is a dog, a guy that is really intelligent, a guy that's, um, okay, he's not going to the Pro Bowl, but he certainly is not going to get you beat. Will Hernandez is another name. Will Hernandez, to me, Polly. before he got hurt, Will Hernandez was the Arizona Cardinals' best offensive lineman. Totally agree. Can it, can I, you yeah. do? No, I do. I, I love Absolutely. So those are the names that I think they're going to be looking for.
3: Especially since D.J. Humphrey's had such an incomplete season. Yes. And you know what? There are so many needs. I agree with you. There's not one player that's going to put this team over the top in 2023, and hence I don't think they'll target that big name in free agency. However, I'll throw this out there. If there is one position I think they go after – and maybe spend some serious money on beyond a Zach Allen and a Byron Murphy center. If there's a free agent, young center, still in his prime, and our Craig Grillo identified the Brown starting center, hello, Drew Petzing, new offensive coordinator, the Brown starting center, whose name I can't pronounce, uh, <laughs> he he might be a likely free agent target. Maybe, just maybe. Now, that's just all of us on the outside looking in thinking out loud here as I, I
0: would Paulie can I interrupt <laughs> you right ahead. now because you had me at the Cleveland Brown Center um this is this is an offense that is blending the old and the new this is an offense who does it as well as anybody in the National Football League. This is an offense that lines up and understands the physicality. I love what you just said, Paulie, about that, because the possibility of going out and signing these free agents, can I tell you right now, it's going to become the Arizona Cardinals' DNA. It's going to become Monte Ossenfort's fingerprint, metaphorically speaking. It's going to become his fingerprint because – The type of person they go get, the type of player they go get from a team and a scheme, whatever it may be, it's going to say a lot about what the Arizona Cardinals are going to value and what they're going to try to do going forward, Paul. I love that. Remember
3: what Michael Bidwell said to Dave Pash on the Pash Pod, that this system of best player available is about to become our, quote, former system, that we're going to be looking for certain types of player with certain types of characteristics. Uh, in fact, with more on that, here's Jonathan Gannon just on collaborating with the new GM Monty Austin Ford on free agency.
2: We're going to lean on his side a lot, and he'll lean on our side a lot. But uh, ultimately, it's not about who's making decisions. It's about we make the right decisions for the Cardinals. And uh, you know the vision that I had of how I wanted to work with the personnel, the coaches, how we're going to work with the personnel side, vice versa, uh, aligns you know, very much in the same. So, um, you know, just excited about getting that process, which we've done. We've, you know, started that. And, um, you know, we just got to be right on the people that we bring in to help our team win.
3: And owner Michael Bidwell also confirmed to Dave Pash that, yes, Zach Allen is a priority. The Cardinals want him back. Zach Allen wants to be back. So we'll see. That might be the first announcement, the first move in this free agency process real soon.
0: Yeah, boy, would I be okay with that? Would you be okay with that, Pauly? <laughs> Zach, Allen?
3: I think he still has tons of upside. I really yes. do.
0: I mean, Wolf, how many, we saw every snap of every game.
3: How many sacks was he? this close to getting home? I mean, he could have put up phenomenal numbers, and then finally the sacks started to come about midseason, but he was a problem.
0: He was disruptive all year. Yeah, he was, and I think he learned an awful lot from J.J. J. Watt. As a matter of fact, I know he he learned an awful lot from J.J. J. Watt. He, he definitely went out and tried to replicate some of the things that J.J. J. Watt would do, including... Um, how how good he is at uh, defending passes and knocking them down at the line of scrimmage. So I think, Zach Allen, you're right. If there's going to be a big name, and I consider that to be a big name, w- at least with Cardinal fans, Greg Rosenthal had Zach Allen rated number 14. The number 14 wow. rated free agent coming mm. out this year. Think about that. He's top 15, according to Greg Rosenthal. So, yeah, I could see that happening, Paulie. And by the way, I'm guessing Team
3: Zach Allen, Zach and his agent, probably have a pretty good sense of his worth right about now because that's where all this happens during the combine. There's a lot of conversations and what either side is looking for. And by the way, we were looking for the name our Jim found founded, Ethan Posick. That is the starting center for the Cleveland Browns who might hit the free agency market and maybe just maybe dot, dot, dot. We're just throwing that out there because – We saw the value of Rodney Hudson in the first half of 2021 when he had an above-average, capable center and what it did for Kyler Murray in this Cardinals offense. Special thanks to Darren Urban, Jim Almohundro, Zach Larson. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. The combine continues all week. The quarterbacks are going to throw on Saturday. We are Santan Ford.